0: Nation, welcome to episode 7 of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host, Kyler Curbison as always. Today we were going to have a VFL on, but uh, regrettably he couldn't make it. We'll try and get him on in the offseason. But today we're going to be recapping uh, SEC games from this past weekend and also looking into the future, what we can uh, see from the Tennessee Volunteers the rest of the season, what it kind of looks like for us. And my thoughts on Pruitt and exactly where the program is going. Let's get this started. Before we get into the show, I want to talk about our presenting sponsor, Bet Online. So the NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. They actually have a uh, fun prop bet this week. If uh, Trevor Lawrence or or Justin Fields uh, who, who you think is going to be the first pick in the NFL draft um, this spring? I think it's obviously going to be Trevor Lawrence. I, I don't see Justin Fields. I don't care how well he performs. I mean, who knows if the Big Ten is even going to finish their season. You know, Wisconsin's missing three weeks. But I don't see him surpassing Trevor Lawrence um, unless Trevor stays back because the Jets get the first pick and he doesn't want to come out. Uh, I definitely don't see Justin Fields jumping him. Uh, so, from uh, game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always an online casino as well. So, it never closes. So, go ahead over to uh, betonline.ag today and take advantage of the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online. Sportsbook Experts. All right, so let's get into the uh SEC recap for the week. Uh, first game up is uh, Georgia versus Kentucky. Kind of a snooze fest. Uh, Georgia wins 14 to 3. Stetson Bennett was 9 for 13, 131 yards and two touchdowns, while uh White, their running back uh for Georgia, 26 carries, 136 yards and a touchdown. Kentucky's quarterback uh, Gatewood. It was his first start. He went 15 for 25 for 91 yards, and Rodriguez uh, had 20 carries for 108 yards uh, for Kentucky. So, moral of the story: Georgia's defense shows up. They're they're really good this year. Uh, You know, I don't think it's possible to really stop Alabama. Uh, So, what they've done versus every other opponent they face is really shows what kind of defense they are. And, but Bennett showed his true colors, man. I, I mean, he had about the same stat line as Garantano did versus Kentucky. So he's not that guy, um, which is why I think Florida is going to win next week versus Georgia and uh, represent the East in the uh, SEC Championship versus Bama. That's, I mean, after their first touchdown in the – First quarter, I thought, you know, they were going to start rolling and get some more points on the board, but only scoring 14. And Kentucky's defense is okay, but I think Florida will route them. Trask is, you know, throwing for four touchdowns almost every game. So, be on the lookout for that. Next game up is LSU versus Auburn. Auburn routes LSU 48-11. to 11. Johnson for LSU – Uh, was 15 for 24, 172 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, He replaced Finley, uh, who had three turnovers and got benched. Auburn's Bonex was 18 for 24, 300 yards, three touchdowns. And Schwartz had four receptions for 123 yards and a touchdown. Pretty good average there. Um, I just think LSU has lost too much from last year to be competitive. They're so back and forth. I mean, just getting destroyed here, you know, losing to Missouri. Those are huge losses. You know, they lost both coordinators. They lost all of these studs on offense and, you know, Joe Burrow. And it's just – it's tough to keep on winning. You know, he doesn't have it set up like Nick Saban does at Alabama where, you know, next guy's up and they can compete with everybody. He's just – He's just not there yet. I think he's the perfect coach for LSU, but he's just not quite there yet. And then a lot of people on this bonix train, train, uh, I don't know about that. I don't quite trust him. You know, I think he does well versus bad teams, but, you know, you get him in the Georgia game, and he stinks, and they score three points. He's good versus bad teams. I'll just say that. And it inflates everything, and I just can't believe he runs the ball as much as he does. I mean, he's not a running quarterback. He's ath- He's an athletic quarterback. He shouldn't be running the ball as much. They have a great running back in Bixby, and they need to lean on him. Uh, you know, if they're gonna have a chance to even compete with Alabama, they can't try and put the game in Bonix's hand the whole time. It's you know, it's got to be a consistent game plan. One that's very balanced. But, you know, come away with a big win versus LSU, so good for them. Next game up, we've got Ole Miss versus Vandy. Ole Miss wins 54-21. Uh, to Carroll Corral, however you say their quarterback's name, is 31 for 34, 412 yards, and six touchdowns. I uh, mainly found Moore, the wide receiver, who had uh, 14 receptions, 238 yards, and three of those six touchdowns. Uh, Vandy's seals was 31 for 40, 319 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. And their running back Henry Brooks had 23 carries, 66 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, looking back at these games that Ole Miss has had, I, I mean Lane Kiffin is playing video games with his team. He he's it's like NCAA 2010. Two weeks ago they threw six interceptions, and this week they throw six touchdowns. It's like he uh, changed the difficulty level on the settings, so it would be a little easier. Um, It's crazy, their offense right now. You know, as a first-year coach, I guess he's just leaning on what he knows best and, you know, trying to turn that around. But uh, good, good game to try some stuff out on because Vandy is just terrible. I mean, can't tackle anybody, can't defend offense is mediocre i mean you throwing it 40 times and you know they only have 21 points out of it it's pretty tough uh and i you know i just don't see vandy winning a game all year they're just you know bottom of the pack as always next game is mississippi state versus bama uh, bama wins 41 to nothing another shutout for them uh, Mississippi State's Rodgers was 24 for 37, 147 yards, and two interceptions. And Marks had nine carries for 32 yards and eight receptions for 38 yards. Uh, Bama's Jones was 24 for 31, 291 yards, and four touchdowns. And he found his replacement for Waddle in uh, Devontae Smith, who was had 11 receptions, 203 yards, and four touchdowns. I mean, Bama is Bama. Doing it again. You know, never had any doubt. I thought Mississippi State might score a point at least. But, you know, next man up, Waddle goes down for the season. And they have Smith come in and just ball out. And, I mean, Jones is in the Heisen race for sure. He's got three different games with four touchdowns. So, they're just going to keep rolling. I mean, they're definitely getting in the college football playoffs, even if they were to – you know, possibly lose an SEC championship versus Florida. I'd still think they get in a number four spot for sure, but uh, they continue to dominate. On to uh, Missouri versus Florida. Florida wins forty-one to seventeen. Um, Bezalak for Missouri was twenty-six of forty, two hundred eight yards. And uh, Roundtree, the running back, had fourteen carries for thirty-six yards of touchdown and six receptions for twenty-six yards. Kyle Trask goes off again, 21 for 36, 345 yards, four touchdowns, and one pick. And Tony, three carries for 23 yards and a touchdown, four receptions for 60 yards, and two touchdowns. He was definitely the player of the game and just made Missouri's defense look silly. You know, I think they had three weeks to prep for Missouri, so Florida really took advantage of that. And it showed they did whatever they wanted to that defense and I you know I always thought Missouri's offense was gonna get a little bit better and, and figure everything out but uh, you know Florida's defense played stout so uh, and I, you know the fight uh, at halftime is just so ridiculous I mean it started because of a cheap shot by a Missouri defender on Trask and you always get you know pent up emotions and you know it should have been a penalty for sure but it's so stupid it start a fight, and then start punching dudes with helmets on, you get ejected, you make it worse on your team, it just doesn't make any sense to me, you know, I never wanted to fight in a game, I'll fight, there was fights at practice, that's always going to happen in every single program, there's going to be fights at practice, because, you know, guys are trying to get better, and, you know, maybe there's some cheap shots, or just aggravated, but to fight in a game... Might hurt yourself, and then also you hurt your team by being kicked out. So got to have a little bit more discipline than that. But uh, Florida wins again, and and you know after watching this game, I definitely think they'll they'll beat Georgia and, and be the favorite for the SEC championship, uh, representing the East side. And the last game on the slate is Arkansas versus Texas A and M. Texas A and M wins forty two to thirty one. Uh, Frank's for Arkansas goes 23 for 31, 239 yards and three touchdowns. And uh, running back Burks or receiver Burks has uh, seven receptions, 117 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Mon for Texas A&M went 21 for 26, 260 yards, three touchdowns, and found their big tight end uh, Widermeyer, uh, six receptions, 92 yards and two of those touchdowns. Now, during this game, Mond actually passes Johnny Manziel for uh, most yards responsible for in Texas a and history, so big game for him. And both teams, there was not a turnover the entire game, which is kind of crazy to see because, I mean, I think it was, you know, the week we played Kentucky, almost every quarterback had an interception that week, and uh, both of those teams turned it around. This is a big game for Tennessee fans and and Tennessee coaches to watch because we play both of these teams in the next few weeks. Um, And they're both really good. Uh, You know, I just hate the fact that Franks is on Arkansas now and we have to play him again. He always somehow figures out a way to beat Tennessee, and it's uh, very frustrating to have to see that. Uh, So, you know, I really hope that we can Take advantage of the bye week and be able to understand Arkansas even more, and uh, really learn from this film going forward. And as we look at the schedule for the rest of the season, you know, starting with Arkansas, then we got Texas A&M, Auburn, Vandy, and Florida. Only one of those games is is a win guaranteed. is, Is Vandy? So this is. Quite a gauntlet we have in front of us. Um, And what do you know? Tennessee has to play the top four SEC West teams. It just seems like that's the way it goes every time. We play the best teams in the West. You know, Bama's always on the schedule, but our other rotating one happens every time. And this is going to be tough. I mean, especially this first game, Arkansas is so huge leading into the others. Pruitt has to win this game. He had two weeks to prepare for Arkansas. Coach Pittman is a first-year head coach, your third year. You have to win this game so there isn't that mark on his resume. And you need it to have confidence going to the Texas A&M game because they are a very good team, very good offense, and it's going to be a fight the rest of the way. You know, we have the 5 games left and we need to go 3 and 2. Have to. It's not the record you want. Um you know, to just go 5 and 5. But after what's happened with Georgia, Kentucky and Bama, it's what we can hope for is that 5 and 5 record knowing that this season doesn't count towards anybody's eligibility and be able to move on to the next season and and grow the team even more. Um, But I mean, I think it's tough on Pruitt. I I think he inherited a lot tougher situation than any of our previous head coaches did. I mean, Lane Kiffin got a pretty good team from Philip Fulmer. They had good recruits all over the place. And he went six and six his first year, and you know he had promised he was a great recruiter, and he you know he bought in the number one player in the nation in uh, Bryce Brown. So when Dooley came in, he inherited a great team, uh, solid offensive linemen, Jawan James, Zach Fulton, James Stone, and you know they they were able to get to a bowl game that first year, and you know he he wasn't able to keep it together. And become successful as a coach. And then, you know, I might be biased, but Coach Jones, what he inherited, you know, I was on that team, obviously. But, you know, when he got here, we had a veteran offensive line. We had really good skill guys. He was able to bring in a full recruiting class of guys he had at his previous school, Cincinnati you know, D committing from Cincinnati coming to Tennessee. And then also guys who were already committed to Tennessee for Dooley. So it's a little bit of both. And then coach Pruitt inherited a team that had four wins that lost all of its offensive linemen, lost all of his team leaders the year before. Dobbs is gone. Kamara is gone. Jalen Reese, Maven's gone. Cam Sutton's gone. You're, so young as a team and when he came in it's not like he has recruits from alabama following him no they're gonna stay at alabama they're you know they're gonna play for nick saban so his recruiting class fell apart too because guys didn't know him they didn't you know get recruited by him they weren't necessarily wanting to be there with him you know that's why he lost cade mays when he did so he inherited a really crappy situation and it's tough to you know really hold him to the exact same standard as the others and being a first time head coach i mean this is his first time being a head coach and it's so crazy nowadays if you're not successful in three years then you'll never be a good coach because a lot of coaches they, they try and be head coaches they're not successful in three years they get fired and then they're just, you know, defensive or offensive coordinators the rest of their lives. And they never become head coaches again because people look back on what they did with that program. But if that were the case 10, 15 years ago, Nick Saban wouldn't be a head coach. I mean, when he went to Michigan State and like his true, you know, first head coaching job, he went 6-5-1, and 6-6, six and 7-5. Six, and five, six and six, his first four seasons, and then finally went nine and two his fifth season, and from there, um, went to LSU and won a championship at LSU. But you're telling me if that was nowadays and he lost three the three bowl games he played in at Michigan State, he lost. But you're telling me if that was nowadays, he would make it past that fourth season? I don't think so. I really don't. You know, people hold the coaches to a different standard not especially first-time coaches first-time head coaches it's crazy Saban so had what 12 years of head coaching experience under his belt before he got to Bama that's why he was able to turn that place around he had so much experience as a head coach and now guys can't even get that experience It's like when you go to a job and they say you don't have enough experience so we can't hire you it's like how in the heck do i get experience so holding that standard of you know have to win in three years perfectly set up it's tough really tough now obviously i didn't want to just win five games this year i thought we would win more than that i thought we'd be competitive but I also didn't think Florida would be this good. I didn't think Texas A&M would be this good. I didn't think Georgia would be this good. So that's that's tough, man. I, I love Coach Perrette. I think he is taking us in the right direction. I think he's doing exactly what he needs to do for this program. And he was the right change that we needed. Because he is completely different than Coach Jones. is the exact opposite. And I think that's what we needed at that time. I mean, his recruiting classes are getting better every year. His only fault is a little bit of too much trust in Garantano as a starting quarterback. You got to make a move with that. And I don't know... Garantano is going to start the rest of the season. Most likely, will with what Peruta said in the past that he gives us the best chance to win. But I think it's just time to you know put in a younger guy, get him ready for the next season. You might be able to beat the Auburn, and maybe with a slim chance beat either Tex AM in Florida and go four and one over these, you know, next five games in the season at six and four above five hundred. But it's it's slim, man. It is a slim chance of that happening. That Kentucky game was a real killer for this for motivation for confidence the rest of the season i hope they can pull it out i really do i'm gonna root for them like i think they're gonna win every week but uh COVID season right <laughs> there's an asterisk it doesn't really count we'll just on to the next one right so i appreciate you guys joining me today uh, for episode seven as always please uh, rate and subscribe on spotify Apple Pod, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts. uh, You can click the link in my bios on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Find those profiles. And uh, also, give me a call. Leave me some questions. Uh, My number is 865 322 9232. Uh, so I'll try and answer some of your guys' voicemails on next week's episode, you know, along with talking about the games. And as always, go Vols!